Welcome back to Asinine Radio, a weekly podcast where we talk about music and, well, that's pretty much it. So, uh, let's go! This is Asinine Radio. This is the weekly music podcast where every week we get into a different band, different artist, and we listen to all of their records and we we uh, we rank them from worst to best and we give our biggest banger from each of them. This week we're doing At The Drive-In and uh, so we're going to rank actually all four of their full-length records and I believe five of their EPs to equal out to uh, to nine rankings altogether. And uh, But before we do that, we're going to do our Six Degrees of Tom DeLonge, if you even did it this week, because I did not. Did you? Oh, I, I, I did not also. I forgot. Okay. So never mind. We are not going to do the six degrees of Tom DeLonge. I guess we're going to jump right into our, our album rankings. So yes, we're going to do their their EPs as well as their uh, their full lengths and their biggest banger from each of them. So uh, what do you got for number nine, Jeff? Go. Niner. Yes. Uh, El Gran Orgo El EP Gran. from 97. This is okay. what uh, their third... Their third EP, yeah, yes, this is a third EP, dude. Rough, very, very rough. And I, so. I listened, I listened to all of the EPs mostly. Uh, actually, I listened to all of the EPs while at the gym, except for Diamante because I was on Spotify. And Vaya was on Spotify, so I listened to the gym. That way, I separated them, so that way I wasn't, uh, I wasn't tempted to hate them more because I'm doing other things or getting bored. Right when you're at the <laughs> gym, like you put YouTube on, you don't have to worry about click and stuff whatever i don't know yeah yeah um there's just there was not a lot here for me to really get into like these songs are just fucking rough sounding as well as they are hectic in a way that sounds like messy and sloppy without like any of the at the driving charm huh. this is the first one i think that omar joined the band and he's playing bass so there's already like a massive change in direction on how these songs are being played mm-hmm but like overall, I think this this EP is uh, I think this EP is bad. I, I really I, I don't Holy like shit. it. The massive outlier on this one is Fahrenheit. This is the only song on here that that could have been like an LP release track. It's a banger of a song. I wish I could playlist it, but I can't because Spotify won't let me. Um, <laughs> but the band split with their label at this point, right, and encouraged fans to illegally download the EP because they hated their label so much and didn't want to put any money in their pockets. Yeah. But I thought yep. El Gran Orgo was a trans transitory period, and I don't like it. Okay, I I disagree with you, but uh, I guess we'll get into that soon. Uh, my number nine is Hell Paso, their first EP from 1994. Um, this is just a punk album, really. It's it's spastic. It's kind of wild and crazy. I like this. I still like it. I think it's it's fun. Um, it but it's not representative of the band really whatsoever cedric doesn't really sound like he does in the future on future releases but it's still fun it's still great and at this point it's only out of the from the classic lineup it's only cedric and jim in the band and um i don't know man i i I dig it i like the song emptiness is a mule that's a really good one um but in the end all the songs kind of flow they're just kind of like mesh together and but dude can you imagine seeing them in 1994 touring on this ep in fucking El Paso. Can you imagine that shit? It must have been insane. Yeah, fucking of course. Insane. Oy. 
but uh el paso yeah this is like you said this record this not this record this ep is not on uh any of the main streaming sites so it's bootlegged and it's on my want list the vinyl is on my want list along with all the eps outside of diamante because i already have it but um they're fucking pricey it's like 60 70 80 bucks for this shit it's wild Wild. I'll but tell you also, when I, I start to what? want these on the on the vinyls. Okay, I'll let you know when. Probably next because um, oh. I think you I think you only dislike El Gran Orgo. I think that's the only one. You're right. But I only dislike that one. So all the rest you get on vinyl. Uh, yeah, you would. Anyway, so uh, what, what do you got for number eight? Go. Help, Hell Paso, ninety four. Yeah, this is this is just a more post hardcore sounding Alfaro. And mm-hmm. both of those albums or both of those EPs, I mean, that's it's dude, it's just very straightforward, like Fugazi sounding. It's good, but it's very much of that genre. They have not carved their own little niche into that genre yet. It's just very chord driven rock. And I think, like, that chord shit, like, that's Jim, right? Is that, is that what's happening here? Because, yeah. like, the first track on Sparta's uh, Wiretap Scars, that the, the, the fucking uh, Cut Your Ribbon. Right, that starts off the same way, like that chord driven, the ding 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 ding. Yeah. So like Jim's right, always huh? done the chord stuff. Yeah, right? you're right. You're right. Yeah. And like the tone is the same on Hal Paso here as he still does on Wiretap Scars. I listened to Wiretap <laughs> Scars this, this week. It's not that great. Couple it's songs not. on there are fucking absolutely beyond bangers, but like overall, Spiders is not that great of a band. No offense. Sorry whatever that's true though they're a weak band uh i do i do love i do love that sound i do love all the chord stuff that he's doing um but i think it's just kind of like a one direction for this for the genre mm-hmm. like you're not going to be fugazi so like why try and sound like fugazi and why would you want to sound like fugazi too? fugazi's fucking great you're fucking silly boy talk but you're not gonna sound like fugazi regardless if things are bad or good you're not gonna sound like fugazi so why try to do it you got to do something different and they will do something different and El Gran orgo is doing something different but they just didn't quite, they're not quite there yet. That's that's crazy that I can't believe you put it so low. Hell Paso, I would not buy this on the vinyls. I did know somebody a couple of years ago who did have, did have Hell Paso on vinyl. She had everything. She had all that's at an, the drive-in stuff. That's an impressive feat. Like you go to somebody's house and like they're showing you all yeah. their vinyl collection. They got like every at the drive-in. I'd be, my job would probably drop. It would drop. <laughs> it, would, it, it little, was impressive I'd, for sure. I'd be a little jelly. Yeah, it was she spent hundreds of dollars on all this at the drive-in shit because she would buy she would buy first pressings of everything. So and she didn't start collecting till like '02, so she had to go back. So she went back and bought first pressings of everything at the drive-in. Dude, it probably would have cost her double. She did it now. Oh yeah, easily, easily. So um, my number eight is Alfaro Vive Carajo. I don't know if I pronounced that correctly at all, and. Um, yeah, I don't know what it means. Do you know what it means? It has something to do with like uh, I I fucking read about it. It has something to do with some type of militant thing in some country somewhere. It, it's, it's something to do with the military, though. Okay. In got a, it, a broad it. spectrum of things. All right. So this one is their second EP from 1995. Uh, I felt like they were they were progressing a little bit. I heard a little bit of like styles from In Casino out on this one. Very very brief glimpses of that of that style um they were definitely going in the right direction moving away away from the kind of punk stylings of hell paso um <laughs> I, I 
this song my, my banger off this is bradley smith i think this is the best song they did pre in casino out i think this song is better than everything on acrobatic tenement i love bradley smith it's kind of like this pop punk kind of jam a little bit it's 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 a standout track it really doesn't sound like anything they've put out maybe on maybe on interalia but yeah they've never put out a pop more pop driven song like this so i really like bradley smith i really like this this ep too i mean i i just had a blast i listened to all of at the drive-in's music in one day and it was so much fun and then i went back and listened to it again you know sporadically throughout the week but um this is a solid ep their second ep so uh, okay. alvaro vive carajo. carajo there you go you got rolled the r's it was so what do you got for number I just, seven I, as you were talking, I Googled it. It was like a, a left-wing militant group from Ecuador. And their okay. slogan was, Alfaro vive carajo. <laughs> it probably didn't sound as exciting as that one did. It's probably probably like not. Stabbing thing. The next one is Diamante. Um, dude, all the EP. I haven't even hit a fucking record yet. Uh, Diamante EP. That low, huh? Yeah. Um, th- this seems like an extension of Inderalia. A natural progression, I guess, as it were. Cedric's vocals could be a little meh because of singing. Sometimes uh, I don't know if I can fully get behind it, but it's only three tracks, so I don't know. It's it's hard to it's hard to rank this this one properly. Specifically, I had trouble with this one because I think I do think it's a dope EP. There's a lot of lower end sounds that I do like. The opening song is very de facto sounding. Um, the other two songs I think are pretty strong. I just could do without a lot of the singing. But again, it's yeah. only three songs, so it's hard to even sequence that. I get it. I get it. I, I mean, I'll get more into it when I when I talk about it in my rankings because there's I have some issues with this EP. But so, what's your banger off this one? The opening, the whatever the opening song is, I forgot what it's called. Not despondent. I can't even think what it is right now. Arc Arsenal. That was it. <laughs> yeah, Arc Arsenal. Yeah, a reimagining of that song. Um, okay, so that's your number eight? No, a seven, seven, seven. seven. All right, so my uh, seven is El Gran Orgo, their third EP from 97. Um, I think this is just an extension of Acrobatic Tenement. I, I I don't know, I don't hear what you heard on this one. I thought this is, this could have just been the B-sides from it, which, you know, it probably was, because I think it came out like a few months after, after Acrobatic did. Um, this is also the only album with uh, Ben Rodriguez on guitar, and uh you know famously within the band or you know people who like the, who are fans of the band he was in the band he was a sociopath um just kind of just a really crazy guy and he like tore the band apart like morally just he was just a really terrible everybody says he was a just a horrible horrible person and um they had like big plans for the band during this time uh with touring and putting this record out but then you know with that guy Ben on top of the record label, shysting him essentially. Um, it was just a bad time for the band. Uh, Jim Ward had just left left the group, and it was just the band almost broke up at this point. And um, but yeah, the Ben Rodriguez guy. Everything I've read, like they just they fucking hate that guy so much. Yeah. And I was reading more about this the, this tour as well. Their tours, first of all, were insane. Like how many shows they were playing and how much so they many. Were, like. Covered so like, much area, like a hundred. Like they covered like ten thousand miles in a hundred days, some shit like for a that. band that has just fucking EPs. Yeah, for <laughs> I know, seriously, they have no money. They're, it's it's fucking insane. But they were at the time they were playing with like playing uh, shows with Guttermouth and like all these fucking 
great bands that we love. Can you imagine seeing At the Drive-In with Guttermouth, though? I would, I would so love to sick. fucking just see what Mark had to say about At the Drive-In. Like, the, oh, that would be <laughs> oh, so funny. Because you know, like, Cedric was just, like, squirming in his skin listening to mm-hmm. Mark talk. Oh, Ooh, I'm sure. Because this was... That would have been worth it. In 97, I mean, this is Musical Monkey era. Yeah, This is, like, vulgar-ass shit, man. The shit that... Like, can you imagine Cedric watching them? (laughs) Watching, imagine Cedric watching them play Big Pink Dress or Lucky the Donkey or something like that. He'd have been so uncomfortable. (laughs) So uncomfortable. Just thinking about it. (laughs) Um, All right. So that's my number seven is El Gran Orgo from 97. So what do you got for six? Go. Uh, In Casino Out. This is the last one that I would not buy on the vinyls. You really would not buy this. Holy I wouldn't. fuck. No. I, I, you are I, it's, stupid. It's on my want list and I, I, I took it off. It's gone. Wow, that is so dumb. No, I didn't take it off. It's still there, but I'm not going to buy it. <laughs> That's unbelievable. <laughs> it, it's, it's a little slower, a little ballad driven. Like I do like them. Hourglass is a cool ballad type at the drive-in song, but I just, I need a little bit more excitement. A lot of the songs here are very basic, like elementary. seem like blueprints or, or demos rather than unfinished products. Lopsided, dude, super rad song. I love how simple it can be. The drum part yeah. and the chorus is super fucking cheesy, but it works well. <laughs> I think this album is just, uh, eh, it's filler. That's unreal. Unreal. Yeah. I cannot believe you ranked it this low. The, the album's incredible. What is wrong with you? I, it's fine. You must have just like... It's fine. Almost overdosed on stupid pills this week. I, I think like... I think for the, such a long time at the drive-in has had this mystique to where everything they've done has just been perfect. They're, they're like the rage of the post-hardcore kids where every song they've fucking done is great. But they're not really. A lot of their shit is just kind of like weak and boring and, and, and derivative of the post-hardcore sound and they didn't even do it that well. Wow. Okay. All right. And Lopsided is your banger. Lopsided is a good song. It is a good one. It's it's really good. But that one's really Goofy, good. Goofy, cheesy. But ah, unbelievable. Unbelievable. All right. My number six is uh, Diamante EP. This is uh, their their fifth EP, their last one that they put out in 20, was it 2018, I, I believe? And um, yeah, this is, the songs aren't bad. They they do sound like B-sides from Interalia. I remember when it came out, I, I liked this EP more than Interalia. And going back this week, I'm like, what the fuck? Why? No, the, the songs are, they're, they're good. They are good. But dude, this, this EP really lacks like good production. It sounds, it sounds like shit. So they recorded this EP at Clouds Hill in fucking Germany with, uh, with your boy, Johan. Johan. And, uh, and dude, he just, he put together a sh- absolutely shit sounding record. <laughs> like it, I mean, did you notice that at all? I, I I think there was just a lot of I, I thought there was a lot of low end to this. So I, I think there was it, a lot of so time flat. there was a lot of time spent just on, on focusing on like the low end, whereas like the mid range and like the high end were just like non existent. Yeah. No dynamics um, at all. Yeah. Oh, it's and terrible. So, so yeah, that's yeah. And it, I agree. it almost sounds like it was done in mono. Like it doesn't there's no like the stereo aspect of it is just Every, it's just such a flat sounding EP. Like they, it's unbelievable, and they they tr- entrusted this guy to do like future things with them. I don't. He's like a witch or something. I don't know. I don't. He this has. He has. Guy, dude. This guy's he weird. has Omar and Cedric in under some sort of spell. Like I, 
Oh my you god! Got a little like, black book on him or something because <laughs> there's no way that this guy can mishandle so many fucking things and be so obnoxious about everything that he, all the bad things he's done. He's so obnoxious. So is Cedric though. Cedric's a fucking butthole too. <laughs> he's always been a butthole. <laughs> love him though. Love Cedric and Omar. Don't uh, love Johan. God, he's so he's so arrogant for no reason. Like he has no. He just oh. He just gets under my skin so much. Yeah. And he's not good at what he does. Like this EP, the the Clouds Hill sessions he did with Omar, that the those live sessions, dude, they don't sound I mean, take the songwriting out of it, which I think is pretty mediocre. I know Skip doesn't agree with me on this, and that's fine. But just the overall sound of that and just how flat all those those Omar sessions sound, it's it sucks, man. It just I don't get it. I, I don't get the appeal, he might be a nice guy if you meet him. I know, Skip, he might be a nice guy. But, man, the way he, he acts towards fans and just how arrogant he is is so aggravating. It makes me so mad. That's anyway. I mean, that's really like, like I don't care if you fuck up every single day of your life, but if you acknowledge you fucking up and say, yeah, I will try to at least be better tomorrow. Yeah. That's fine. I don't care. But that Johan is just, God, he fucks up and like tries to, he's like a child. He fucks up and then tries to cover it up. I think people only like him because he has a bunch of fancy like analog equipment at his studio, and people think it's cool just to do do to record on analog, so they automatically like him. Or maybe he just like you said, maybe he had he's like you know blackmailing all these people. He's blackmailing Omar and Cedric. He's got to have something on them. It's bizarre. I, I don't. I don't. It's really. It's so strange to me. I don't. I don't. I don't understand. But anyway, Diamante EP, my number six. Don't Enough come. with my Johan rant. Um, what's your number five? Go. Number five, Interalia. Here's where I would start buying so these on the vinyls. Good thing I already have it on the vinyls. Mm-hmm. It's funny because this is, uh, every time I do a purge, it's always like, yeah, I think I'm going to get rid of this one. And then I put it on. I'm like, oh, God damn, this is fucking good. Because this, this, really, this is a really, really great <laughs> album. There's a lot going on when you kind of get into it. And I remember, uh, I remember like the big thing was, was you and Skip had told me to listen to it with headphones on. And it was like a totally different experience yeah. and like, God, dude, Omar does rip it up pretty much the entire fucking time. Yeah, but he's, he's like never, soloing the whole time, but it doesn't, it doesn't he's never, he's uh, never yeah. super busy. He's never super busy and annoying. He only adds and never takes away. And that's, yep. that's hard to do, especially with Omar. Like Omar can easily just fucking take away if he wanted to. Cause he's obnoxious sometimes, but it's cool. It's a cool album. And it really throws back to like early at the drive-in and does a good job keeping it fresh enough to not just be like a rehash of their already established sound because this mm-hmm. is something different. This is like a different band. This is decades later, right? Um, Hostage Stamps was my favorite this time around. It's it's Man. frantic. It's crazy. But Omar does a lot of really cool shit on the guitar. A lot of rad scales that lead into this like his own iconic like neck noodling. I guess I'll <laughs> call it neck noodling. Neck noodling. Right, because that's like that's what he's like, yeah. like the fair, the, the the metronome arthritis, right? The whole neck noodling. That's that's what Omar's known for. That's what he does. That's true. He does. And look at the Amputecture record. Yeah, it's like that's covered in that shit. <laughs> oh, I love Amputecture. But okay, Interalia. I can't believe that's that's extremely low. I can't believe you put Acrobatic above it. That's yeah. that's unbelievable. Oof. Oof. But okay, so my number five is Acrobatic Tenement, the first record from 1997. I I do want this on vinyl. It recently dropped down to like 60 bucks, and I almost pulled the trigger on it on Discogs, but I just I couldn't do it. 
Um, but it generally sits in between like 90 and like 120 bucks. But I'll get it one day because I doubt they'll ever rep- repress it. They don't really talk about this record very much. Um, this is the first album with the first full length with Omar. Um, he played bass on this record. And then after the the record was made, he and he switched to guitar and did the tour playing guitar. And then he's been the guitarist ever since. Uh, this is also the only album with uh, Ryan Sawyer on drums and Adam Emparum. I believe that's how you pronounce the name on guitar. And uh, dude, this record is, uh, it's, it's, a, it's fucking awesome, man. I, I always forget how great it is until I listen to it. And it has enough of like the, the melodic stuff that you hear on in casino and, and relationship, but it's, it's still, it still captures that spastic nature of their first couple EPs of El Paso and um, Alfaro. And uh, it's, it's just a little bit of, it's just a great transition record or it's, it's a great transition for the band, even though it's their first record, as crazy as that sounds, they really kind of, they did so much with the record that they recorded so quickly. So they recorded this record for only $600. I think they recorded it in like six days or something like that. Some, something insane, like much like the um, Nirvana's Bleach record. It was done so quickly and they just did so much. And I, I just, I think it's, it's fucking awesome. Um, this is also Jim, Jim Ward did play guitar on this one, but he was on his way out of the band. He was, he was quitting and he didn't think that they were going to be using any of his guitar parts. So that's why the guitar does sound a little bit weird on this because they're essentially just scratch tracks. Like they're not properly, I don't want to say mixed, but not properly recorded. So that's, that adds to like the, I think the, the rawness and like the purity of this is that it, it a lot of it's just scratch tracks. Yeah. It's yeah. so fucking killer, man. This is such a crazy cool record. So underrated and forgotten too. Um, my banger is a uh, Shafino. Shafino is how you pronounce it. I don't know, but that's, that's a banger too. I, every, every song that comes on, I'm like, Oh dude, I remember that song. I, I forgot how crazy good this song is. And just Shafino was the one that really, really, really stood out to me this week. So, um, yeah, Acrobatic Tenement is my is my number five. All right. So, what do you got for number four? Final four, baby. Alfaro vive carajo. That's my four. <laughs> EP for 95. So, so, on the surface, very standard, like, post-hardcore sound. You know, thinking Fugazi again. Pretty straightforward. A lot of chords, so we can hear. Uh, you know, it, it just the early stages of this band and again i've come to really really like i'm gonna just assume like all of like the chord things even in relationship he's like jim's idea because he's done it in the beginning and he did it on sparta so whenever i hear like a chord thing that i like i'm just going to assume that it's jim because i couldn't quite figure out if it was omar or jim on relationship because there's some parts in there that i was like damn i love that i love that using chords there instead of just power chords or instead of noodling or whatever it is so whatever uh but there's there's a there's a song on here that also has two girls as backup vocals i guess who died later on and that was the basis of napoleon solo that mm-hmm. cedric wrote about them the girls um, from um los drake tones right just some band that i've never heard of yeah some i think that was the, that was the band that cedric played drums in and they were on their way to a gig and they did the fucking thing yeah and they they ended up crashing and yeah and dying both the girls did but I think this is very, this is, uh, man, I, I, to, to say that it's like like standard post-hardcore is, I think, true in like spirit, but 
this is like the best of it. This is the best of their post-hardcore era because this band started off as as like a like hey, I like Fugazi. Let's also do the same type of thing. And like they do sound like Fugazi a lot in their early days so much. Yeah. But then when Omar gets there and then when Omar even when Omar's on bass, like he's still adding things there that are a little bit quirky, a little bit weird. He's challenging Jim. And this is um I haven't got I haven't got into my acrobatic tenement thing yet, but uh, I like I like Alfaro. Circuit scene. Solid. Circuit scene was my favorite track. Uh, I can't remember too much about it because I listened to this once because I had to put on the fucking YouTubes. <laughs> but um, I do I do like this a lot. I would buy this on the vinyls, and I wish it was on Spotify so I listen to more. I know it's such a shame that all these EPs aren't on there. It's really really a shame. Silly. But yeah, what are you gonna do? What are you gonna do? All right, so my number four is uh, Via, Via EP, 30P, out, what was that, 1999, right, I believe? Yeah. Um, this, wow. this to me, is, I, these are the B-sides from In Casino Out. I, I really, just with these like- These are the fucking li- B-sides? I think so. What? I, yeah. What? But with like a little bit better production, that's really what they are. That I really, really think that's what, not, and, and it's, not, it's not to take away from Via at all. I, I just feel like they're songs that just did not fit the flow of In Casino. And okay, that's why okay, we have Via. Okay. That's all okay, it is. It, it's really not a knock to the to the songs because they are incredible songs. Um, I mean, I think the best song is, my favorite song is Proxima Centauri. You know, just that simple drum beat, just hitting, hitting, and then Cedric's stupid countdown, and then it just kind of explodes. Jeez, <laughs> It's so fucking cheesy, and I would hate it when if most bands did that. But they just make it cool, or maybe I just have my my uh, my driving goggles on. I don't know. Okay, okay, that's all right. But yeah, Via. It's it has a little bit of everything. It has the slower track. It has the faster stuff. The more chaotic stuff. It's a little bit of everything in a very condensed uh, EP. So I dig it. So Via is my is my number four. So what do you got for number three? Finally, Acrobatic Tenement, their first album. Took long enough. First official album. Man, this is this is so raw, like you said. This is so raw. This is so fun. This is stripped down at the drive-in. It's very, very basic. Omar on bass leads for a different type of at the drive-in experience. Like I said, mm-hmm. he's challenging Jim. Jim loves to use those fucking chords, which I absolutely love. God forbid you use power chords. God forbid you just constantly noodle all the time. I like using my <laughs> chords all the time. Like noodles from fucking The Offspring, right? A lot of chord mm-hmm. usage. It's great. I like that. And But I feel like Omar's bass playing is challenging him in a way that he's never experienced before. And that's why Sparta doesn't... That's why Sparta doesn't like thrive is because no one is there to challenge him. Like, hey, man, yeah, I no like push. where you're going with that, but it's just not that good. It's not good enough. It's just not. Yeah, just need something, Omar to, on bass need something just, to accent him. That's he's just so fucking quirky on this. He's so weird. He's doing shit that just doesn't make any fucking sense. There's nothing on this album that I think is like, like, oh, that's a great bass line. Oh, that's a fantastic bass line. But everything on here, I think like that bass line is making Jim better. And that's why I think this is so goddamn good. Blue Tag, that song, dude, this was just really fun, a really great punk song. Nothing fancy about it, just fast, straightforward punk rock. Definitely mm. reminiscent of Fugazi. Yeah. There there are Loved definitely it. Fugazi moments for sure. Absolutely love this album. Okay. It's on your want list then? It is on my want list. All right. 
So uh, my uh, my number two or my number three, I'm sorry, is uh, in Casino Out, second record from '98. What? Wow! Wow! Oh, wow! Um, this is uh, this is man, this is truly the the run. No, I don't want to say run up. What's what am I trying to say? Not the demos. It's just uh, what am I trying to say? I don't I don't know. I don't know. I, I don't know. This is something sure. really unique. What? Sure. No, that's okay. Sure. Cool. Just the, the the rawness of this um of this record I, don't I think is so it's so, it's so it. great. The songs are catchy. Every song sounds different from one another. Nothing really bleeds together. Um one thing with, that they did with this record was that they actually recorded it live because they had issues with Acrobatic and the EPs to where they weren't they felt like they weren't they weren't capturing the band's live sound, so they just decided to go in and just do it all live. And I thought that was cool. I like when bands do that. I mean, Rage did that. A lot of bands have done that over the years. It's not it's not new, but it, and it worked really well for them on this record. Uh, at this point, Jim is back in the band on guitar. Uh, he on Hourglass is the first time he ever sang lead vocals on an on on an At the Drive-In song. Uh, this is also the first time with Paul and Paul on bass and Tony on drums. So this first time the classic lineup are together recording and. I mean, it it just shows it, the the level of songwriting gets so much better once Tony gets on drums. I really love Tony's drumming, and we'll get into it on Relationship of Command. But his drumming is really what takes this band to the next level, and it adds so much depth and nuance to the band that they had never experienced up to this point. Because I guess we'll, we'll talk about it on Relationship, but Omar, like you said, he doesn't do anything overly wanky or, or anything crazy he's just writing to the songs more than anything else like you said on his bass playing on acrobatic you can't take anything out specifically that you love it's just everything that he adds to the songs that's so incredible and that's what it is on every at the drive-in record it's only the mars volta where he really wanks it up to the point where it can be a little too much but yeah like architecture well the wolf that's wrong Walt. dude <laughs> that's where you're wrong dude um but no with without the drive-in he's just God, dude, his songwriting is is incredible, absolutely incredible. So, in Casino Out is my is my number three. I have this on vinyl. I do clear clear vinyl. It's great. It's an OG pressing. Oh no, it actually no, it's on an OG pressing. My relationship is an OG, but no, in Casino was like the 2012 or 2011 repress. So, yep, got this okay. on vinyls already. I'm All stoked. All right. Okay. Wow. Here we go, baby Here we boy. Go. What's your number two via EP? What have you? See, so Interali is your number two, and then relationship, possible or relationship, and then Interali, yeah, which would make sense because your rings have already been shit. So my number two <laughs> is Via, Via, the okay. EP ninety nine. Uh, it's funny if you go both ways, right? If you go one mm. way, it's funny how fucking absolute rough this is compared to relationship. It was just a oh, year yeah. prior, but then it's 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 also kind of funny like how much it came from prior, and I I think. Man, this is this is so this this is so much better than what preceded it. This is so much. This is not just B sides. It, it it's just not. This is not B sides. It wasn't from the casino. It wasn't a knock on the on the EP though. These are this this isn't this is like an album. It's fucking like almost thirty. It was twenty five minutes, but that's it's it it's its own thing. All of these songs are its own thing. Like you mentioned, Proxima Centauri, which I think is cool to name your fucking songs after anything in space, right? Because that's always. Like Alpha Centauri, Proxima Centauri, fucking Neptune. <laughs> That's all you can think of. <laughs> That's all I can think of. I, I forgot. Oh, Callisto, right? Callisto Protocol. I think it's one of the moons of Jupiter. 
I, that's all I can think of on the top of my that's head. All, yeah, that's all you got. But I, I, I think Vaya, like, there's really cool, amazing shit here. Like, Omar's guitar playing on Proxima Centauri is great because he's not using a ton of effects. So all of his weird, like, chords come through. So now we're hearing Omar do weird chords because Omar can do the chord thing just like Jim can. I don't think he's as melodic as, as Jim was mm-hmm. at his peak, at both of their peaks. I, don't, I think Jim's a little bit more melodic in what he did. But you can hear, like, Omar kind of come through and, like, the weird chords that he'll use... And then he'll use that later on in like Mars Volta and stuff. He'll do that stuff. And I think that's great. I think Vaya is, is just, if it wasn't for, la- like if, if it wasn't for relationship, well, slow down. Well, it wasn't for relationship. <laughs> Vaya would be like the greatest thing that At The Driving has ever done. Because every song on this showcases what they are great at. And my favorite At The Driving song in general is just Metronome Arthritis. And right. that, is, that is Omar's neck noodling at its finest. Nick there's Nick no Nick better there's no better at the driving song that showcases Omar's Omar's double N. It's the best. <laughs> it's the best. It is a good song, but damn dude, I would never say that's one of their best. No way. It's it, it's that part that dee 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 dee. Yeah. It's just goddamn it's so good. But like every fucking song on this is just an absolute banger. It really and, is. And I, I I really like Jim Ward. This whole week, I, I've just been obsessed with him, and and I, I I usually always kind of gravitate more towards like rhythm guitarist anyway because I'm not a solo guy really, and so Jim Ward, I've I've really come to realize that God damn that guy had some fucking fantastic rhythm. If all of the chord things in in relationship and throughout out the driving is him doing it, which I think it is. I feel like they it is because yeah. he started doing it and then he still did it in Sparta, so I think it's him doing it. But damn, dude, the guy has some rhythm. Yeah, you're right. You're right. And also his his um, vocals too. That's it's not often talked about, but his vocals are really important on relationship, which we'll get into. And when you compare it to Interalia, I mean, it's like night and day. Yeah, I love Interalia, but I mean, vocally, what Jim added to the band, really, it really, really shows. So once much Interalia. Yeah, for sure. All right, so number five is or number five. Whoa, what the fuck? Um, well, I'm about that, dude. Number two. two was Vaya. My uh, my number two is Interalia, fourth album, 2017, right? 2017. 2017. Um, first album with Keely Davis on uh, on guitar. No more Jim Ward at this point. I like Keely a lot. I feel like I thought his guitar playing on this record was really solid. It accompanied Omar perfectly. Like we were saying, Omar on this record just it's a, just one giant solo essentially but it's never over the top it never takes center stage it rarely ever takes center stage i should say keely perfectly accompanies it because he doesn't just play like chords and and, and things like that he does play little lead parts he does play it, it, there's a little bit more nuance to keely's playing that jim never really did with omar so it's just kind of like at times it's kind of like this really awesome back and forth that you get it's actually kind of a little bit reminiscent to corn that just that back and forth it's it's really really fucking solid keely's really underrated he did a great job with the band during the live shows the live tours and all that cool guitar player um but his vocals never really matched what jim ever did jim has that unique scream that unique yell that just sounds just like like he's like always in God, pain he's, like he's always yell, hurting dude. yeah great fucking he's got yell a good fucking yell and and at this point you know cedric he doesn't scream anymore he hasn't really screamed since relationship and which is fine like you you don't need that the songs are still great but 
Interali still lacks that intensity from the 90s, which is, I get it. The guys were in their early 20s. It's a completely different, it's just completely, it's not even the same band mentally, you know? Yeah. But Interalia, I mean, the songs are great. They're catchy where they need to be. I mean, it just, it's a, it's a, it's such a well-crafted record from all ends. You know, the drumming, Tony fucking steps it up. I mean, not steps it up because he was great on relationship and stuff, but I mean, he still fucking kills it on this. Paul, he's really kind of stuck in the background, which he really shines on relationship. Um, I already talked about Omar and Keeley. Cedric too. I mean, he, everybody, everybody really did a good job on this record. It's, it's, it's a really underrated record. I think the artwork is killer too. I love, love, love the artwork. And, um, yeah, I got this on vinyl, so I don't, I don't give a fuck. It's great. Okay. I don't, I don't get the artwork. I don't, I think it's, man. I think it just looks cool. I don't, I don't I, honestly, I don't think I any of their cool. fucking artworks are good. I don't think any of them are good. I like Vaya. I like Vaya a lot. That one, dude, it's so uh, orange. It's such an ugly color. <laughs> I think it fits it so well. I love that cover with with I, the, I like the boombox. Boom but yeah. I just, I think orange is, and I like a lot of stupid fucking colors. I just bought a phone that's case true. today that's hot pink, but I, I can't fucking stay in orange. Your old orange ass is Android ugly as fuck. It's, dude, I'm in fucking S10. What? You just yelled at it. You completely cut out. Well, because I turned my back to pick up my phone. I have an S10. I have a 5G S10. I have like the biggest S10 you could possibly buy. State of the art. <laughs> I guarantee you, man, you switch over to a new iPhone, it's going to be life-changing for you. It's going to need new phones. I might give her my phone because I still have even like the peel on it. My phone's in like mint condition. And Dude, I your phone, phone looks like, because you have that that original plastic on it, on, on the, the screen, it looks like it's a piece of shit. I like, actually like so peeled off like, the top it's part so of it today up. just so I could see the underside of it. Dude, it is like it looks so good underneath it. Why don't you just get like a like a, a shatter a shatter screen? I don't know. I've already gone what oh my God, fucking dude. three and a half years with that. You make on. no sense. So you make yeah. no sense at all. <laughs> it ain't broke, don't fix it. Get an iPhone. Like you you didn't believe me with the, the MacBook and look at us now. Oof, look at you now. MacBook. Oof. Oof. Look at you now! It was Oof. a game changer. Oh, I hate that, that term. I, was, I will say I don't like game changer. But. Because like when people say that's a game changer, it's like it never discovering is. fucking pepperoni pizza over cheese pizza or something. It never is. Buying a MacBook over what I've been using was a game changer. Because if you knew, if anybody out there knew what I was using prior to me using this MacBook, <laughs> this is a fucking game changer. <laughs> A fifteen-year-old Windows PC. That's what you were. Dude, my using. PC doesn't have like Wi-Fi built into it. I buy an external like Wi-Fi fucking antenna thing. Exactly. Exactly. So I'm telling you, man, you take that jump into into the iPhone, you're gonna you're gonna like it. You're gonna enjoy it. There's no headphone jack, so. Eh. Oh my god. Whatever. Eh. Whatever. That part is annoying, though. I will agree. That is annoying. But anyway, let's. Uh, Anyway, Owen two. What's number one? Yeah, what's what's uh, Owen two? What's your number one? Relationship. Come on, relationship is your number one. We'll get into that. Yeah, so even close. Yeah, not even close. So thank you all for listening. Go to uh, Apple Podcast, Spotify. Give us five stars. Five stars only. Tell all your friends because we're the best ever. And that's it. That's all. Orders, <laughs> Lubas.